0: Thanks for tuning in to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. May the message be a blessing to you. At our church, I talk a lot about our fellowship, and we have a, a horizontal fellowship with people, whether that's uh, the relationship with others, your spouse, friends, coworkers, workers um, and then we have a vertical relationship, and that's our walk with God. And so just like with our horizontal relationship, for me to have a good relationship with my wife, it takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of listening and communicating, things that she's reminding me that I need to improve on. And so uh, whether it's in, with a spouse that I need to work on that or a coworker, or whatever it is, it's the same with God, that we have to put work into our relationship, our vertical relationship to listen to God, to take time for Him, to have this walk with Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to be touching on that, on one of the attributes, one of the ways that we can work on that vertical relationship. I know CMDA's mission is bringing hope and healing to the world through Christian healthcare professionals. And so this morning, I'm going to be looking at uh, a a habit, looking at uh, a practice that would allow us to work on our, to bring hope and healing to each of you and your walk with God, and that is the Sabbath. Uh, something that we don't talk about very often, about taking a Sabbath, but the Bible talks about it throughout the Old and New Testament. And so it's something that I uh, wanted to share with you. It's something that's passionate to me. Uh, Fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago, my daughter was born. A beautiful little girl, and I was a youth pastor at a large church, and we were on a schedule that we were busy almost every night, it seemed like. I was available to the teenagers with text messaging and phone calls, um, had youth worship practice small groups, uh, normal youth group, normal church stuff, almost every night felt like we had an activity, but it was okay. Sarah and I both loved it, and we poured into it, and then we had Abby, and everything seemed to just change in the focus of realizing we were working and non-stop, and it felt like it was a good thing because we're doing ministry, much as, min- as you guys are doing ministry, and so it seemed all right that we were working nonstop. But then we came to realize we were working to do. We weren't working to spend time with God. And so, uh, a couple of weeks into the birth of our daughter, Sarah and I were saying, we can't continue this. And so, Sarah began to look into the biblical idea of a Sabbath. And so it doesn't sound complicated. You guys have probably heard of Sabbath before. It's often mentioned in the Bible. But she began to look at what does it look like? Is it still available to us today? What are the scriptures of the Sabbath? And as she began to do that, we realized that this is something God created for us. And so we sat aside a Saturday, and we took our Sabbath. And we enjoyed it so much, we set aside the next one and we did it again. And it became this habit that now for 15 years, I could probably count on two hands the number of weeks that we didn't set aside a day with God. And so I want to share a little bit about what this idea is, what God has presented, this gift that he has given to each of you and to me. And it's a gift that we so often leave to the side and never open up, but it's there for us to take. The Sabbath is first mentioned in the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So you look at this from the very beginning of time. God established this idea of rest. Establish this idea of a Sabbath. And the question here would naturally be why. Why did he do it? Did he need to rest? No. He's God. Why did he do it? Did he run out of ideas of what he could create? No. I'm sure there could have been more that could have filled a seventh day. But he stopped to set an example for us. From the beginning of time, one of the first things he established in the first week was for us to stop. And rest with God. Something we in our culture are so leery to do. To ever stop. It means if you stop, you're lazy, right? If you stop, you're, you're a slacker. You, there's always something else that I could get done. Our culture is counter to what God initiated in the very first week. We see this idea of a Sabbath later when Moses has taken the Israelites out of Egypt, and now they're in the desert, and they're set apart. And it says in the Ten Commandments, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign residing in your towns. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Part of the Ten Commandments. This was God's plan for us to stop and spend time with him. This was his idea. This was his plan for the people of Israel. The the surrounding nations uh, in in that culture were uh, constantly working. It was uh, considered lazy. Even at that time, if you weren't working, there were only a few days that the surrounding countries would not work. And that was because those were known as evil days. And so they were set aside so they weren't plagued with curses on that day for working. And yet, you have this little culture of people that are saying, Our God is that important that we're going to spend a day focused on Him. Imagine in our culture if we did that same thing. Imagine our culture that is so set on being active and being busy and filling every minute that if people, if your neighbors, if your coworkers, if your family members saw that your God was so important, you set aside a day for Him. This is what was established to us long ago. The Old Testament continues to talk about Sabbath through Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Uh, it talks a, a lot about it, but you can dive into those scriptures. But what does it look like? Sabbath comes from the, the word Shabbat, which means to cease. It means to stop working. That Israel would cease working and spend this time with God. And imagine the impact that had on the cultures around them probably thought they were crazy perhaps thought they were lazy but also they saw that their Israel's God was that important that they would take a day to to devote just to that God when we look at the Sabbath it's a lot of things but it's a day of trust it's a day of humility it's a day of submission Because you're trusting God that he would uh, take care of you even on that seventh day when you weren't working, when you weren't uh, doing these things. That uh, when uh, God provided manna on the land, he would provide it. And on the sixth day, they would collect twice as much manna because on the seventh day, they would have enough. They were trusting that God would provide for them. It's a day of humility. Humility. It's a day that's saying, God is more important to my schedule. God is more important to my life than all the other things, including myself. And then those things that I want to get accomplished, those things that I want to achieve, God is more important. It's a day of submission. God has told us to take this. This is one of the Ten Commandments. Imagine that. These list of Ten Commandments. If I was to say, you should not murder, you'd all agree. I was to say, you should not steal. You would agree. And yet, this is one of the commandments that was listed before both of those. That's how important this is to God. That he has told us to do this. And so we are to submit today to just get away with God. To spend with him, with your family. A couple of things, what this might look like. We see in the Gospels, we see Jesus set a time to be with with God on several different occasions. And he does this when he's pursuing God in the midst of ministry, which is what you are all doing on a daily basis, is ministry. But we see Jesus in Luke chapter 5, says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. There was always a demand for more that he could do for the kingdom. And yet he took time to be with God. We see Jesus setting a, a, setting a priority to spend time with God in the midst of important decisions. Luke chapter 6 says, One of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying with, to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he had designated apostles. We see that Jesus set aside, that he has an important decision on who to call and who to set aside. And he spends time removed and alone with God. Many important decisions in your lives, in the, in the life of CMDA. And it's important for us to set aside time to be with God. So we can contemplate those decisions. So we can stop and Listen. We see Jesus uh, taking time to be with God in the midst of strenuous activity. Mark chapter 6, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. As you all know, our, our bodies, our emotions, our minds, our souls need rest. This is why God gave this gift to us, to stop and rejuvenate, to find rest, to find peace. These examples are not examples that Jesus took of a a Sabbath during his ministry, but these are examples of times when Jesus spent time with God, which is exactly what we're supposed to do on our Sabbath. And so we see that this is an important thing, and these are some things that we could do as we draw closer to God on our Sabbath. Sabbath. Of all the commandments, this is one of the most highly debated that people uh, would, are often quick to say, oh, we don't need to do the Sabbath anymore, or we do, and, and this debate it, was, it isn't anything new. In, in Jesus' times, the rabbis were often debating on what did it look like to take a Sabbath? What are the extra rules? And, and they would figure out a new rule, and they would add that on, and it became this whole list of rules where no one was able to accomplish the Sabbath because it was unrealistic. That's not at all. How God had it set up. It wasn't this list of what you should and shouldn't do. It was a list of spending time with God. We see this example in Mark chapter 2. The disciples are walking through a, a field and they pick the grains. And the, the Pharisees are complaining that they're working on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, it says 2.27, Then he said to them, the Sabbath was not made for man. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath wasn't about the set of rules that the Pharisees could get upset at. The disciples picked this many heads of grain, and and they did this or that. And so that's often what we look at when we see the Sabbath. We think, oh, well, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? And, And we just kind of push the whole thing aside because we think it's this list of rules, and it's not. Jesus says it was made for man. It was made for us to rest And some people would say, oh, Jesus fulfilled all the laws, and this is something that we don't need to do anymore. But Jesus is saying here, the Sabbath is for us. He's confirming this idea of taking a Sabbath. Just as it does the writer of Hebrews chapter 4. says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This is all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, uh, a simple question might be, how does this work? In the ancient Jewish times, it began with a day of preparation. And so they would prepare to take a Sabbath. That they would get everything done that they needed to. And and in our culture, that's still the case. That if you want to take a day of rest, if Sunday is a day that you're devoting to God and to your family, then that might look like Saturday takes a lot of extra work. There's been many nights the night before our Sabbath that we're vacuuming the house at 11 o'clock. Not because we have to, but because I don't want to vacuum the next day. Not because I can't, but because I don't want to. I would rather spend that time with God. It's not this list of rules and regulations of my day. It's an opportunity to spend with Him. The, then the Sabbath looks like what it looks like for you to rest with God, to maybe worship or spend time with your family, maybe take a nap to get lost, to laugh, to play a game, read your Bible. For me, I love to cook, and so, and my wife doesn't. So, Sabbath is pretty easy. I'm always gonna cook the meals because it's exciting for me, it's fun. It's something that I pull in my kids and I do with them, and we do this together to focus on God. For us, for my family, the Sabbath has looked like a special thing. We set aside the day, and and we just spend that day not doing chores and things that we have to. Now, as a pastor, I still might get a phone call of someone that's been rushed to the hospital, and I go visit them. This isn't a list of rules that you, you have to regulate against, but it's also a day that I set aside to be with my family and with God. When we lived in Taiwan, it was often we would just get on a bus, and we couldn't read Chinese, so we didn't know where it was going, and so we would just get on, we'd set a time, and 35 minutes we're going to get off and explore wherever that was, whatever direction that bus went. And it was just a day to get lost, to have fun, to explore. It's often a time where we play games, and to be honest, it's sometimes a day that we fight because we haven't stopped to address anything that has built up throughout the week. And so Sarah and I have finally stopped long enough to talk. It's a day that we always have a blessing. Well, I have a special verse for myself and my wife and for my kids. And we go around and share this verse. And for the kids, it's the blessing from Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so we go around and talk about where we've seen God in that person this week. And it's a beautiful thing to see kids telling each other where they've seen God. It's really neat to see a three-year-old tell dad where she saw God in me. It's good for the kids to see mom and dad pointing out God's characteristics in their spouse. And so this is just something that we do. It doesn't have to be something you have to do. It's not a set of rules, but it's something that's special for us and something that we've done every single week That even rather the kids are fighting and and our busy schedules, there's still a time where we stop and say, you know what, I saw God in you this week, how you loved on your neighbor. I saw God in you this week, how you cared and how you were persistent. And so we have this time. And so I want to encourage you that there's this gift of the Sabbath, to take this gift. It might sound countercultural because it is, Our culture says you gotta be busier. Culture says you gotta accomplish something. And this is a day of intentionally not being intentional. A day of spending time with God. Might from the outside look lazy, and yet you're accomplishing so much. You're spending time with the Creator, spending time with your family. And it's hard. And if you haven't done it before, I want to encourage you to, to try to set aside a day that you aren't getting any chores done. You're not accomplishing something. You're just spending a day with God and with your family, and it's going to be hard. One of my favorite theologians, Henry Nowen, says, I, talking about the Sabbath, I realized that I am quite addicted to be busy and experienced a bit of withdrawal anxiety. I have to nail myself to a chair and control these wild impulses to get up again and be busy with whatever draws my attention. So much of us are addicted to being busy. And this is your chance to stop and be with God. And so I want to encourage you to fight for this, to spend time for this. It stood out to me most uh, last month. My wife and I were traveling uh, to Ecuador, and I don't know, something came up in the airport about a Sabbath, and and I began to think. I thought, I wonder how many days of Sabbath we've taken. And so uh, I'm a math nerd, and so I was sitting there being like, all right, so we've done it this many years, and times 52, and trying to figure it out, and then it hit me. My daughter was 14, one-seventh. We've taken one out of seven days, and and so my daughter's 14, so in her lifespan, we have spent two years. Imagine that. Two years my daughter has been focused on God. Two years my daughter has spent time as a family. Two years in her life out of 14, it has been dedicated to being with God and pointing to him and sharing blessings and getting lost and playing games and taking naps. Two years we have rested in our Lord. It hit me as she gets ready to, when she gets ready to graduate, two and a half years of her life, two and a half years of all my kids' lives, so we have four of them, that by the time they graduate, I'll be sending them away knowing two and a half years I did my best to point them to God. And so those of you that are parents, I want to encourage you to do that. But also, as I was talking with my in-laws who are busy people and, and don't often want to stop, won't often cease and to be with each other and with God, I was talking to them and I shared about this. And I said to my father-in-law, I said, Just think, what if over the next seven years you could look back and say a whole year I spent focused on my wife and God? So I want to encourage you guys. Imagine seven years from now, what if you could say seven years from now, I spent an entire year of my life walking with the Lord, just resting in him, pouring into my spouse and my kids, listening and receiving God's love. So often when I come here, uh, I love, it's an honor to get to, to be with you guys, and I usually try to bring something. Uh, it's part of who we are at Discovery is a very experiential church, and so I've brought you crowns before that everyone's worn. I've brought bracelets and, and various things, and so today I realize I don't have anything to bring because God has already given you this gift, and it's a rest, Just the question is, are you guys willing to accept this gift? Let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray that, God, this gift that you've given us, that we would receive it. God, it takes work, to be honest. It takes work to stop. So, God, allow us to do that as the day of preparation. Might be days of preparation. Let us do that because it's worth it. God, you've given us this gift. You've given us this command. You've given us this opportunity to just sit and listen to you, to live with you, to experience your love, to pour into our families, to pour into you. God, I pray right now that we would take the Sabbath opportunity, the the Sabbath gift, and open it. In your name, amen.